Welcome to the Market Makers in Middle East and Africa podcast. This is Abrar Hussain. I'm your host. Today I talk to our guest Sandeep Sahani. Sandeep is the CEO of Value Health and Sandeep previously founded Lazada, the largest e-commerce platform in Asia. Sandeep also was also the CEO of Asan Pardakh, the largest fintech company in uh, Middle East and a CEO COO of Snap, a ride-hailing company in the Middle East. Currently Sandeep is the CEO of Value Health. Sandeep, welcome to the uh, podcast. Hi Abrar, very nice to meet you and uh, thank you for this invitation. Very honored to be here with you. So Sandeep, few successful exits and you are an uh, entrepreneur and I would say a successful one. Tell us about thank your you. story. Yes. No, and I, uh, there's no success or failure with entrepreneur. It's a lifelong journey, right? You're 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 an entrepreneur for life. Uh, my journey actually uh, very um, non-traditional. I actually uh, was working in a bank, uh, then joined private equity, then got an MBA. And after my MBA, I decided, hey, it's time I do something of my own. Uh, and uh, I just happened to be in Singapore at that time with INSEAD. Um, and that's where we said, okay, let's uh, e-commerce seems to be something in 2011 seems to be something that's not there. Uh, and that's how we started uh, Lazada. Uh, so my first uh, company I co-founded um, took that, uh, you know, from basically zero uh, all the way to a unicorn status um, uh, and moved to Indonesia, uh, really uh, built the company uh, from scratch. Um, and then uh, we got fortunate. Alibaba came in, acquired us. Uh, so we uh, sold it for three billion dollars. Um, after that, I uh, moved uh, and um, uh, joined. Actually, SoftBank uh, um, reached out to me as part of the deal, uh, and then I joined one of their portfolio companies, uh, which is called Ola Cabs. Uh, it's the biggest uh, ride-hailing company in India. Uh, while I was there, I uh, learned about an up-and-coming ride-hailing company in Iran from one of my previous co-founders uh, and uh, decided to move uh, there and became the COO of Snap. Um, and as you do with ride-hailing, once you basically uh, acquire market share, uh, you start food delivery, you start e-commerce, and then you basically uh, do payments. Uh, and I was the CEO of the payments arm called Asan Pardak Easy Pay. Um, as my last uh, uh, tenure uh, or my last employment there. After that, I uh, COVID happened. Uh, so um, I worked from home, started. Um, you know, I got COVID. Actually, I got really bad COVID. Uh, ended up on in the ICU on a respirator uh, here in Dubai. Um, so um, basically, you know, fortunately survived, I would say. Uh, and uh, on my last stick, the doctor kind of looked at me and said, Sandeep, um, just an FYI, uh, 36-year-old shouldn't be on the respirator in the ICU. You really need to take care of your health. Uh, and if I look back on my life, uh, since graduating from college, uh, banking, private equity, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, basically 100-hour work week, uh, nonstop, um, and uh, makes you uh, realize that, okay, yes, you know, I've been deprioritizing health. Um, and uh, so uh, made health a priority, spent the next six months um, picking up every, you know, um, every coach on, on there, every nutritionist, anything and everything I could learn about functional um, health care. 
um, and with my co-founder, who's also uh, from INSEAD, um, and one of my coaches, Jamie, um, we started uh, Valio. Uh, because, uh, you know, after I became healthy, it kind of hit me that, um, you know, uh, this is some this is a business in itself uh, because it's everybody delays healthcare, especially um, young men, uh, you know, are, who are ambitious. Uh, we're all kind of delaying health for uh, for our career sake. So the idea was, if you know, we could make uh, buying an iPhone as convenient uh, in Jakarta as it is in LA, uh, or ordering a cab. Uh, in uh, Tehran, um, as easy as it is in New York City, why not uh, make healthcare as, it e- as easy it is so that people actually take care of themselves uh, and before things get bad. Perfect, perfect. Thank you for sharing that. So you touched base again on a very important topic, which is health. So tell us about the grand vision of health and it's a growing need now and this is what we have seen after COVID. It came at the forefront. So what you're trying to do and how you want to address this growing need of the healthcare market? No, uh, great question. So um, if you think about sort of what tech has done uh, over the past uh, 10 to 15 years or what startups startups have done, they've not reinvented uh, the wheel. They have literally taken what you do, made it more convenient. Yeah, today we buy things on Amazon uh, that we might never uh, might never use more than once. Um, and previously we didn't buy them because we didn't know where to get them from. So the convenience factor uh, or, and the at-home factor really kicked in. Um, so that's basically what we are doing with healthcare. Our vision is to disrupt healthcare, make it extremely convenient at, from home, um, as simple as ordering food online um, or anything else, you know, the millennials and Gen Z that they do on their phone. Uh, we started off with diagnostics, uh, making it extremely easy for you to uh, get yourself tested, get your health data um, from uh, comfort of your home. Um, so you don't have to go to a doctor uh, to get yourself checked and then go stand in a queue um, at, a, at a lab uh, and then, you know, wait uh, for results. Uh, we, we provide all of the service from home. And from there, we have then started to basically launch uh, solutions for the ailments that people have. Uh, a lot of people come to us uh, because they might be diabetic uh, or uh, have high cholesterol or high uh, blood pressure. So we built sort of solutions around uh, those um, uh, ailments, especially like, for example, uh, for diabetes. One of the biggest things that actually um, a, a symptom that a diabetic patient might have is um, erectile dysfunction. Right. It, at young age, uh, at the age of 30, you start having that. Uh, and because diabetes is so prevalent here, uh, we get a lot of demand for, uh, you know, sexual uh, health for men. Uh, and that's uh, and it is not a topic people want to talk about with their doctor face to face. And online makes it a perfect platform to uh, basically, you know, get your uh, pro- get your solution delivered to you at home. Um, in terms of uh, vitamin deficiencies or mineral deficiencies causes hair loss over here. 67% of men suffer from hair loss in this part of the world um, because of the harsh sun, the water, and of course our diet. 
so we provide solutions for that as well, all online. Previously, you would probably get this advice from your aunt or a friend, uh, which is not really science-backed. Uh, and, and if you go speak to a pharmacist, they're probably trying to sell you, uh, um, you know, snake oil. So uh, we come with science-backed solutions for, um, for our users. Um, and, and the idea is that from here we you know, keep going uh, and solving uh, real issues uh, that are affecting people's uh, everyday life. Perfect. So if I understood correctly, it's a platform to bridge the gap and provide solutions and the packages to the people who can you know, uh, go to your platform and if they want to do a checkup, they can again access it from there or they can have you know, different packages for wellness. Now, exactly. What, what about the markets that you are targeting? Is it focused for Middle East and Africa? Is it, or you want to target the, what, what countries you are targeting? No, definitely. Uh, of course, we started here in UAE. Uh, it's a great, um, you know, uh, starting place. Uh, the, the regulation is uh, very much in favor of startups and tech startups. Uh, but no, the idea is to uh, go to all over GCC and then uh, North Africa, MENA and North Africa. Yeah. Ah, okay, perfect. And, can you talk about some of the collaborations or some of the new things that you are doing with the Value Health? Sure. So, uh, like I said, we are a tech platform. Uh, so for us, a lot kind of comes with partnerships. Uh, we partner with uh, some of the best labs uh, in uh, in uh, Dubai, in UAE, in Saudi. Uh, our products are available on Amazon, uh, making it again easier for people to uh, to purchase them. Uh, and um, we are also uh, we've also partnered with a lot of telcos and banks over here to provide our customers, um, you know, go to, go to where our customers are. Uh, we work with uh, basically pretty much every gym now in the UAE uh, offering vitamin D tests. A vitamin D test, in if you go to the doctor, costs you 400 dirhams. Uh, we provide it for 99 dirhams uh, at uh, most gyms now in in UAE. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And, and you have did successful exits like with Lazada and... What were the, you would say, the learnings from there and what were the biggest challenges that you faced? Look, uh, Lazada was, uh, uh, you know, my first startup uh, and um, I, <clears throat> it was basically, we woke up every day asking ourselves, why are we doing this? Uh, and uh, the way we had to motivate the team was we kept telling them, look, if someone, if something is available in L.A., uh, or New York, it should be available in Jakarta, it should be available in Bandung, uh, and tier two cities in Indonesia, uh, and the same for th- then later on the rest of Southeast Asia. Uh, you, you need to have uh, your reasons very, very clear why you're doing something. Otherwise, uh, you get distracted, uh, and, and then you kind of end up doing all sorts of things. Um, so for us, it was very clear we need to uh, make things accessible, uh, to people in Indonesia. Previously, before Lazada, if you wanted to buy an iPhone, you literally had to call a friend in Singapore and say, hey, you know, can you, when you, when you come here next, can you get me a phone? Or if you're, you know, rich enough, you fly to Singapore for the weekend, buy your iPhone and come back. Um, we made it super accessible, right? Um, and that kind of kept us driving um, the force. The biggest, you know, some of the challenges were, we're talking Indonesia, 2011, nobody thought... Uh, 
online commerce didn't exist. Nobody would work with us because they thought, who would buy a phone online? Who would buy a fridge online? And yes, sometimes they were right. Yeah, we once shipped uh, a fridge to a remote island in uh, in Jakarta, in Singapore, in Indonesia, um, uh, to which we realized that the boat that goes to that island only goes once a week. So if you miss the boat, you need the, the fridge literally sits there for uh, a week before the next uh, boat leaves. Um, and then finally, when the, when the fridge got there, uh, the customer said, sorry, I don't want it anymore. Uh, it came after 10 days. I was expecting next day delivery. So then we had to ship it all the way back. Um, so, you, of course, we had our learnings and we, uh, you know, we, but we were doing this for the first time. So it was really exciting. Um, and now because of us, there's a boat that goes every day to that island because because e-commerce has grown so much. Um People are, you know, now basically shopping uh, on the internet, right? Uh, the biggest learnings were for me was you have to be patient, right? You have to believe in your vision. Uh, you have to be patient, uh, and uh, you basically need to, uh, you know, keep your team uh, aligned on the vision. It's very easy. A lot of founders say, yes, you know, we set the values, we set the vision, um, and then they never talk about the vision ever again. Uh, you need to keep repeating it to the to your team why you're doing something. Uh, what is the big what is the big mission that we're or the big change we're going to bring in consumer habit, um, uh, and that's how today uh, you know e-commerce has gone from literally zero percent of uh, uh, um, sales uh, to more than fifty percent of sales in, in Southeast Asia and so on. Yeah, I think you mentioned one thing on replicating your vision and talking about your vision i think is some what related to the culture as well when you start a new venture how do you hire those first few employees what you look into them or how you hire and then how you build a culture that kind of kind of sustain the challenges over time the first hires are actually extremely important. Um, they, you hire them not for their skill. Um, you hire them for the attitude. Um, I mean, at least for us, that has worked out brilliantly. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people hire uh, expensive uh, first hires to kind of beef up their uh, team because they have the right experience. As a, as a founder, like I'm a health tech founder, um, having no healthcare background, um, it took us a year before we hired our first healthcare professional. Uh, the first hires were not from, from the healthcare industry, which you might think is silly because that's the knowledge we need. But uh, we realized that, uh, no, uh, you know, it's to our advantage that we don't have that knowledge because then we can do things that other people might that's think is our, um, you know, are, are, are impossible, right? So um, it's all about the attitude. It's about willingness to believe that, yes, this startup is going to change the world. Uh, it's not about hiring uh, expensive people. It's about people who actually believe in the equity of the business and are joining you because they believe in you uh, more than anything. Perfect. And how, how do you maintain that culture of innovation or culture of, you know, having a right attitude? How do you maintain that when the company grows? That's a very good question. A lot of it, uh, look, I'll be honest, if I told you I know this answer, uh, no. We, uh, you know, at Lazada, uh, we had more than 10,000 employees. Uh, you definitely lose that culture. Uh, at Snap, uh, once we grew too big, you, you also lose that culture. Uh, as uh, as senior management, as a co-founder, you know, uh, you love to believe that uh, everybody is managing their teams like you manage your team. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's 
it's not true. Everybody may have their own management style. Um, and then, you know, uh, in the culture of innovation does die somewhere. However, you, you need to always have that small project team that you can kind of call upon uh, any day, any hour of the day um, to make sure that they, they, are, they know what they're talking about and the innovation culture sort of continues from there. The main business kind of becomes something like a machinery, but then you always have these side projects uh, that, uh, that kind of keep running. Yeah. And, and, and Sandeep, one of the thing is all these kind of companies grew very large. Can you talk about some numbers which are kind of important and then you said, look, you know, you have delivered something. So what were the kind of numbers for Lazada or for uh, Asan Pardak? Yeah, so when uh, Alibaba acquired us, we were doing more than a billion dollars in revenue. When uh, So that was, you know, really, really powerful for, for a Southeast Asian um, uh, company. Uh, I still remember, you know, when we hurt, when we uh, hit $100,000 in revenue, uh, we couldn't believe it. Yeah, and then we hit a million a year later and we were like, wow, okay, you know, now we are, uh, we can become a big company. Uh, at 10 million, we said, okay, I think we've capped out the market. You know, when we touched 10 million, we were like, okay, now the growth will slow. But no, the market adoption, kept adopting, new customers kept coming in. And before you knew, we, uh, we were a billion dollar revenue company. Uh, same thing with Snap. Um, we all, we, you know, the growth has just been uh, insane. Uh, today, Snap uh, does more rides than Kareem, than uh, Ola Cabs, uh, even though it's from one single country. Uh, Asan Paradak, uh, the company I was the CEO of, fintech company, we were doing 100 million transactions a month before I left uh, and so on. Oh, yes. oh that's, that's huge. Do you see value becoming a unicorn? They wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way, right? So, <laughs> And this is where I think health uh, is, uh, you know, is a space that hasn't been disrupted. I chose health as my, uh, you know, as, as an industry. Uh, you know, several people ask us, why would you choose health? It's such a small market. I'm, in my head, I'm like, no, it's a small today. Uh, but I know what the potential can be. Once you make health extremely convenient, we will be consuming health the same way we consume uh, food, uh, e-commerce, or even, uh, you know, mobile ride hailing for that matter. Um, and... Uh, Health and, and in, the main, in the process actually may have a real impact on someone's life, uh, on their health, be it they live longer, be it they live a happier life um, and so on. So this is health is, uh, you know, I was uh, reading on the Internet, every entrepreneur uh, eventually wants every tech entrepreneur wants to become a healthcare uh, entrepreneur because they believe they want for the mission that, hey, I'm actually curing something uh, in the world. Right. Um, and that's where we are today. Where you know we we definitely see a massive uh, adoption of um, our products that can help people uh, live a happier, healthier life. Yeah, and I think after COVID, mainly both for people and for the government, healthcare came at the forefront. I think both governments are investing heavily. At the same time, the people wants to you know be healthy because I think they saw this, and it came quite close that look, health is very important. Definitely, yes. And, um, you know, I just hope that trend continues uh, because um, health, uh, the only way to sort of, uh, you know, um, live a happy, I mean, people had a real scare in COVID that they could die of something uh, that uh, they don't, they never previously thought about. Um, and uh, health is, uh, you know, uh, it's good. It's in the forefront. We just, it just needs to now continue that health keeps staying uh, important because this is how we're going to fight uh, and, and continue fighting future uh, diseases and so on. Yeah. Right. 
we talked about the opportunities and what you're trying to do what are the challenges you face when you enter the healthcare in the in the region um look as an as a tech entrepreneur uh, you know uh, challenges are many right uh, whenever you start something uh, that is not uh, already a proven model um or that's already not you know you're not just competing with somebody so we literally have no competitor in the region the, for what we are doing we are um so we are really creating the market um and it's uh, you a you need to change the consumer habit b you need to uh, work with the regulators t- uh, to help them understand why you're different and why you want to do things uh, differently um there is a reason why today um e-commerce uh, or the words like marketplace have become uh, very common um you know e marketplace uh, used to be called e-retail in 2011 uh what does that mean oh online retail right that's how people would explain themselves uh well uh when the regulators finally uh, said okay this is a big industry let's regulate it uh they said oh e retail sounds like retail let's copy paste the retail um regulations into this space uh and uh, and then overnight the name changed to no we're not retailers we are we're a marketplace uh ride hailing was not called ride hailing before it was called taxi apps taxi app. uh and then when the taxi apps uh, the regulators got up and said hey this is a taxi app so let's regulate it like a taxi company they said no we are actually ride hailing yeah. right um so health is the same thing um we're working uh you know we we need to work very very closely with the regulators to make sure that uh the right amount of uh, or, or the right oversight is there uh to pre- to make sure that the consumer at the end is able to get uh the right kind of help at the right time my another question sandeep is on general middle east and africa market with your experience of ride hailing fintech e-commerce and now health how do you see middle east and africa for entrepreneurs and how do you where do you see biggest opportunities in the region look i think uh, this is probably one of the best regions right now in the world to be um especially uh, middle east uh, um the uh, there's a lot of money coming in a lot of money being invested in the region uh it is significantly easier here to fundraise today as a as a um, as in uh, what do you call pre-seed uh, or early uh, entrepreneur than it is anywhere else in the world um this part of the world is um i would say um also very very ripe yeah uh, you have um basically n- n- more than uh, 90% of the population owns uh, is online uh everybody has a smartphone so they are very very well aware of how to use a smartphone those difficulties you kind of don't face in you know in uh, in indonesia when we were trying to uh grow e-commerce our biggest limitation was access to internet so we had to, we knew we couldn't go faster than uh, uh number of people who have internet uh you don't have that issue in at least in the middle east now uh and 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 but at the same time while you're building in, in middle east you keep an eye on africa because that is where uh, you know the future growth or the frontier market are being built um and uh, and i think this is a great gateway to that part of the world the next billion population Perfect. that will come online yeah so what is that drives you you know is it money is it the you know building something or is it following your passion 
look I, I initially I might have said money uh, but uh, you know after your first exit you kind of then are, it's not the money anymore you realize like why would you do it again um, it's it's the drive it's the real uh, ability to make change right um you know i uh, after i got covid it would have been or after i left iran it would have been very easy for me to just kind of find an island and retire uh, but i but that's not me my actually my biggest fear is that uh, i might not be using my brain uh, in a, uh, so i need to co- continue challenging it uh, and it is uh, you know never kind of being in your comfort zone um for too long i would say always pushing yourself that uh, is what drives me and what are the good things of being an entrepreneur apart from you know working hard and you know challenging those yourself those are not the good things <laughs> <laughs> look it's uh, i it's it's pretty uh, lonely on the top uh, that definitely the good thing is you actually end up making uh, a real impact um if successful and even if you're not successful you actually learn a lot around the process okay what happened what went wrong yes of course i have these successes but i've had my failures in the middle as well Perfect. Thank you uh, for coming Sandeep and it was really a pleasure to talk to you. Ah, thank you so much. Really thank appreciate your time here. Yeah.